0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Best Supporting Podcast, a podcast dedicated to celebrating and dissecting the performances of our favorite Best Supporting Actresses.
1: My name is Nick Kachanov, and I could be Jello. <laughs> and my name is Colin Drucker. And I've got moves you've never seen, which I've been waiting my <laughs> whole life to say. <laughs> I know. Did you, did you say that I last did. week? Or, I, off mic or on mic? I probably mic? said I it can't remember. on mic because we talked about doing this last week. And that was, of course, my first thought. And as I came into this episode, I thought, Colin, you can't repeat that joke. And I thought, oh, no, you, yes, you can. Yes, you can. So here we yes. are repeating the joke. Um, but that's what I think of when I think of my best friend's wedding is – Julia Roberts in earth tones with moves you've never seen before.
0: I love that. That is your Marco.
1: Marco literally Marco. meowed like, "Yes, that is what I think of too." I don't even <laughs> think of the Pelican <laughs> Brief.
0: <laughs> I uh what a moment there. That's. I mean, it is like a silly. It's like so out of character. And for some, like, do you, what do you like about that moment? Like, is it just like a weird line or weird line reading? Like, what is it? I
1: think what it is, and I'm sure there's so many examples of this, but knowing the timing of this movie, this is probably more of a moment from the trailer especially like the TV trailer like the TV uh, spot that I saw multiple times while watching television in 1997 and so it's like that just became this earworm uh, and and this I guess you know visual kind of flashbulb worm in my brain I had worms in my brains in, in the 90s and uh, it's just always stuck with me and to the point where I was like I think I'm probably misquoting this I don't think she actually says this and what a delight to know for once I was not misquoting something.
0: Yeah, I I would never I, – I love that you latched onto that, though. I love that that was your opening line and that you didn't play into my Jell-O. You're never going to be Jell-O. Oh, but that I could have because that is – That's okay. I'm glad you didn't. I'm glad you didn't.
1: I had to dance with the one that brought me, you know? Uh,
0: yeah, I mean, honestly, I could be Jell-O is like the name of my you know 15-minute TED Talk of why Cameron Diaz – you know, should have won a Golden Globe for this movie, you know? You
1: know, I mean, I think let's let's just get to really, I think, the thesis of this episode because it's not about Julia Roberts, though I have some feelings and some thoughts about Julia Roberts yes, in, yes. in My Best Friend's Wedding, but I think, you know, watching this, because more credit where credit's due is this was really your idea of like, oh, I think we should do My Best Friend's Wedding. And, you know, pluck out Cameron Diaz as a, a performance worth re-watching. And watching it, I was like, yes, this is such a great little performance. And I don't think even in her filmography, I don't I don't feel like this gets celebrated enough, you know?
0: Uh, yes, it it should. It is like such a well-rounded, like I think perfectly cast. Because I feel like Kimmy is such a hard role because you have to be like irritatingly perfect as Julia or Jules mm. would say it in the movie um but you also have to like she is n- she's like so good like as far as, like uh, talent and just the character of Kimmy like all she wants to do is just marry this super handsome man and have Julia Roberts as her uh, maid of honor which I will agree is weird but like uh, I'm I'm getting off topic though but I I just think she is so solid and like a lot of talking through tears moments and the karaoke moment, which mm-hmm. is just, ah, I, I, so many great moments. I
1: think what, what I love about her in this role is that Cameron Diaz, I think either she is capturing or creating, or in any event, she is finding this bizarre energy about Kimmy that she's not yes. just this, you know, uh, Peppy rich girl who's annoyingly perfect. There is something kind of kooky about her. There is something a little, there's you know the way she drives too fast and and yeah, yes. asking for her to be the maid of honor and saying things like you know what does she say like it's time for you to um, you know open up in, in the next four days or something like that. Like she, there's something a little unhinged about Kimmy that Cameron Diaz in not in not at all being someone I would think of casting as like the Reese Witherspoon role finds, so you know what I mean? Like, I don't think if Reese Witherspoon was playing Kimmy, I don't know if that same weird energy would come out.
0: Yeah. And I think that is all to do with, you know, Cammy D. Yeah. I think that she naturally has that within her bones. So like, and I, I feel there are specific moments where the Cammy D comes out and I'm so grateful for it too, because it's, yeah, she's great. She does it all. She can really like, this is a performance where she does ring the rag out. She's crying. She's excited. <laughs> I'm like, those are the only two emotions,
1: really. Right. You know? Yeah. She really gets to do everything. And it really is in terms of, like, the size and its place in the movie is really a great best supporting actress kind of role. I mean, like, yeah. how she features into the story. But then there's, like, large chunks and scenes where she doesn't show up at all. And I was like, oh, oh, yeah, she's just a supporting character in this movie. And, I yeah. and of course, I kind of love that because then you're just waiting for her to come back. But, um, you know, I was just thinking I, – I was thinking, was I talking out of turn about Reese Witherspoon having seen her in Election, which – Have you seen Election?
0: I have not, which I know a lot of people are gasping but, at that because I feel like that is one – that's a good one to watch for, like, the Reese Witherspoon, you know, canon. You yeah,
1: know? I almost think now that I'm thinking about Cameron Diaz, I feel like there's there's sort of there's a companion performance here. they are different performances, but I think there's something about what Cameron Diaz does in this role and what Reese Witherspoon does in that role in Election, where it's like, oh, you found this, like, undercurrent that, like— I'm sure I was also in the writing and the direction, but you figured out like the actor's part of that equation, you know? And um, so I'm going to take it back about Reese Witherspoon. She might've actually been great in this role, but I think where Cammy Diaz has the upper hand is that she has that kind of quality where like, I can picture her eating a hot dog, you know, like she's got that kind of hot dog <laughs> face. Yes. And I think that's yes. what I love about it. I'm like, Oh, but like, I can totally see you eating a hot dog, and I don't know what that is. Yeah, I could
0: picture her. Um, to take it one step further with you know pork products, I could picture her eating a rack of ribs. Oh, you know what I mean. Yes, there's something very. She's willing to or like mud wrestle, like Mm -hmm. at the like at the at the drop of like I I mean I've said this before. I love that her and Drew Barrymore are best friends. Like that is my dream getaway weekend. Is to just have, I would die and and simply go to heaven i just like i just think they're both really cool and i could just imagine that energy of like i'm they're both game for anything and are just normal human beings
1: (laughs) it's so funny that you mentioned drew barrymore because she was considered for the role of kimmy and then i think she was dropped because julia roberts had like hand-picked cameron diaz the role, yeah. and just to kind of answer the question of where does this fall in Cameron Diaz's career, this was yeah. pre. There's something about Mary, Mary, Mary. You think I would be better at saying the, the word Mary, considering, you know, it's <laughs> Mary. Mary. It's part of how I pay my rent. But um, <laughs> yeah, because her first movie was The Mask in 1994, which I don't yeah. need to revisit. And then she did a couple things here and there. And then <clears throat> this was in 1997. And then there's something about Mary was 1998, and obviously that was like huge in her career. But I think, I guess when I think of Cameron Diaz in the 90s, I do think of her as like, yeah, the hot girl who loves mud wrestling and ribs and like beer, you know? And Yeah. But what's funny is that at this point in her career, that persona hadn't come out yet, but you see inklings of it in this movie.
0: Yeah, because she's just so beautiful. Like, I remember her in the mask, like, even as a young gay boy, I was like, whoa. I was just, mm-hmm. like, blown away. And I know it's probably been a, while since, it's been a while since I've seen that movie, too. But she was just kind of almost uh, – she seemed more of, like, a model turned actress in that movie. And then slowly over time we got to see – like the evolution, I guess, of like full cami. I'm trying to think of a male equivalent, really, of um, like a very, very attractive person being allowed to be silly and not just being like, uh, you know, the sex symbol of the movie. Yeah, I
1: think that overlap of like funny and pretty, and even with men. I mean, I might when you when you said that about like what what man can you think of who can like be you know hot and funny at the same time i think of john hamm and bridesmaids you know or john hamm in general i was just going to say that uh-huh. yeah
0: or like in 30 rock yeah, yeah. but it's still Subtle, you know what I mean. Well, yeah, there's some moments though. I could think of some mm-hmm. moments. Yeah,
1: Um, I think Christopher Maloney, I think, is kind of discovering, like, oh, Ugh. just be hot, but lean into all this other stuff too. I mean, you know, I think he, he just did that photo shoot recently, and I was like, oh, ah, uh, yes, someone told him, yeah, someone told him, he knows. he knows, he
0: knows, I mean, it's, I think it's a men's health cover, like it's obviously been all over my you know instagram feed right but um if you haven't seen it yet folks christopher maloney men's health it is he just gets better i know and every time i see him i'm like how dare you
1: i know <laughs> i know like christopher maloney stanley tucci yeah and let's throw john ham back in there because i got time i mean that's yeah like oof.
0: well just christopher maloney's Ass. like it's just carved out of marble I know like it, it's like it's it's so beautiful that it almost it's like borderline just like it shouldn't be that great like a straight man you know what I mean oh, but it, it's even what a waste oh, you know I know but it's I mean we, we still we still get to you know um, admire it from yeah
1: afar. I gotta say I think the screen grabs of him like the law and order, like slacks ass, you know, where like he'll be bending down or stretching. And yes, just...
0: on that boat, that, do- that dock scene. Have you seen the dock?
1: Probably. I was probably too distracted by the ass yeah. to realize he was on a I dock. Mean... There was a dock, yes. you know? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. It's just, you know, it it's just, Oh, what were we talking about? It's just too much. I know. Um, <laughs>
0: We are talking about the, you know, how much we like Kimmy. Maybe not at first, and that journey too. But I'm sure we'll get into it as we well, as we discuss. I think I know. think
1: what you're presenting, I think, is a, a topic we should. Well, we haven't. We've already started. We're 15 minutes in, but a topic we yeah. should move to next. My best friend's wedding, which is a movie uh, that everybody knows. Anybody listening, I'm not. I don't need to do a recap of my best friend's wedding. You all know what it is. Julia Roberts, yeah. her best friend Dermot Mulroney, is getting married to Kimmy Diaz cameron diaz and she needs to stop it because she suddenly realizes that uh after nine years of friendship and one month of being in a relationship at the beginning of those nine years that she is in fact still in love with him and i guess i did just recap it so um yeah but i think that covers it and it's one of those movies that if you haven't seen it in a while i don't know like let just for context when's the last time you saw this movie
0: Oh, wow! It has been a long time. I mean, my mom deb uh-huh. is is and still is obsessed with this movie. Um, you know the movie soundtrack is still prominently displayed in our dining room front and center. Um, and she lis- She just told me like last week that she was listening to it on Spotify or something like that. She's, she's obsessed. So it was something that was constantly on our te- television. It's the wor- It's the first movie where I heard the word detriment oh. because she uses it in that email. And I thought it was so – and I looked up what it meant and I remember like I used it in like a paper – or something that I wrote that year because it was nine, I was 11 years old mm-hmm. and my teacher was very impressed that I used the word detriment and I was like, yeah.
1: Yeah, you bet <laughs> I did. Oh, I love that. Like, it's like, I remember the first time I discovered detriment. I think I... Yeah. Yeah. I think I have a, um, a similar feeling about the word quintessential, which obviously has come up on this podcast yes. a lot. I love that word and I think I had a similar moment of like, oh... What is that quintessential? Oh, yes, um, yes, it's so gay. Uh, but to answer your question, yeah, it it is,
0: it is a gay word. Yeah. but I love it. Uh, but to answer your question, I, it's been a it's been a long time since I've seen it, and it's available on Amazon Prime for anyone who wants to, you know, or is inspired to watch before or after this podcast. Yeah, I, so.
1: I also—I I guess I have seen it sometime in the last few years because I thought I did an episode on it, but I don't remember the last time I saw this movie. That being said, I I had vague memories of it, but one of the biggest takeaways I had, and I wonder if you had a similar experience or what yours was, was how not romantic this movie is. That, Yeah. Like— Go on, go on, yes. I mean, I guess you think the the formula of, like, Julia, uh, Julia Roberts, 1997, you know, soundtrack heavy on the Dion Warwick, there's an assumption of, like, oh, this is going to be this kind of... I don't know. I don't know what the assumption would be. But that it would be lighter. And watching it, again... The whole time I was watching this movie, I just kept imagining how you could recut a trailer for this movie to make it look like a thriller and how easy it would be. Yes. Right? I was
0: thinking like one of those Mrs. Doubtfire. Yes. Give it the Mrs. Doubtfire, Sound of Music, Treatments. Exactly. Yes. I was, yes. Go on. Go on.
1: But exactly. I just kept thinking of all the scenes that I would use to make that trailer and and oh, how yeah. easy it would be. There's there's elements of this plot. Like I'm thinking of the moment when, <clears throat> when Kimmy's you know at Jules's suggestion, um, tells the lie to Michael about like you know, helping her father for six months and you know that whole yes. plot to get him to stay in Chicago. And when you really think about it, it's like this is fucked. Up, and he gets super pissed off, and then she gets really upset, and I just kept thinking there was a moment where he, like, stands up, and she goes, oh, Michael, no, and she, like, cr- cries out through tears, and I thought, oh, that's going in the trailer, you know, because it was just yes. so dramatic, and, and Julianne Potter is a monster and yeah. should be brought to justice. Yes.
0: I think that the first time I ever looked at it through that lens is when I listened to, I'm pretty sure it's, I hate it, but I love it. That podcast, Uh I High By Lie. It was either that or just even like having a conversation. Like, it's funny because if I was to ask my mom, my mom would never look at this movie through that lens. You know what I mean? Right. Like if I, like she, I think it's like, you're automatically going to be on Julia Roberts side. And I'd say with all that being said, She does, like, atone at the end of this movie, but the forgiveness, or, like, how quickly Dermot Mulroney forgives her, it's like, she fucked up, like, it was, you know, lower than Pond Scum, you know, as they Uh say. Um, But yes, I mean, the whole time, I'm like, wow, this is... It's a new level of sabotage. And just, like, to someone she's not even met, because... She's like, even when she's at the first dinner with George and she's like, what does she say? She's like, um, I'm writing it up as inventive and confident. Yes. It was almost my first opening line. Because it's like, so first of all, do you, do food critics like tell the chef right there and then? Right. I feel like that's not how it works. Yeah. but You know,
1: all of that. I was like, I because, you know, uh, side note, who is trying to call me from Los Angeles? decline um i I think they tried earlier i think it's scammer um because just a sort of side note i find stressful kitchen scenes stressful i am not into stressful yes like like, you better get that dish right or i'm gonna kill your whole family i'm like it is steak like like it isn't it is an entree like you i just i find that whole thing to just be I don't know i know that that's somewhat somewhat realistic that kitchens are very stressful and i'm always just like guys like it's asparagus in a pan like let's not let's not get ahead of ourselves yep. it's just food oh yeah you the, know? all the
0: gordon ramsay stuff i can't watch that i can't, I can't all I can't, the like, yelling oh yeah that. yes and it it's so hot it just seems so sweaty back there.
1: yeah oh it's just anyway so that's a whole other thing that opening scene i was like i don't like this but yeah, then she, yeah. Uh, For the, I would say for the first five minutes of the movie, I was like, oh, I'm going to hate this experience. And then I warmed up.
0: <laughs> yeah, but even when she's having that conversation, like she says, oh, yeah, like she gets, does she get a call from Michael? She listens to like a voicemail. She checks her
1: answering machine because she yeah. thinks it's going to be like an editor or something, something she's been waiting on.
0: Yeah, but like the journey from like – Someone who I I feel it just feels like she hasn't really talked to Michael in a while, but we are led to believe that they've kept in touch. And then all of a sudden she's like, yeah, I guess I I never thought about turning 28. If she was that obsessed with Michael, she would know that 28 was coming. You know what I mean? I don't know.
1: Well, I mean, and uh, there's probably more than one thing I have to forgive in this movie, but I did. But I very quickly had to forgive George saying. Well, aren't you turning 28 in three weeks I was like oh yeah no, no there are better ways of doing that no I know this and so that then there's that issue right of like the whole conceit here is that they made a uh, an agreement that included a blood pact which is like all right uh, where if yeah. they both and I'm also like 28, 28 28.
0: I 28
1: oh my god like you shouldn't even be thinking about marriage at 28 unless you've met someone you want to get married to but as far as I'm concerned that was not a word I want to be thinking about but to make an agreement that if we both get to 28 and we haven't met anyone let's marry each other I, I just I think that there's probably still some toothpaste in that tube you know what I mean like I don't think you, you still have time at 28 to meet somebody Yeah, maybe
0: not in 1997, but, like, nowadays, yes. It's, like, if if there's one thing that we have learned, I just feel like the average age of marriage or, you know, even having kids is going up because people are just – I think more people are – like, for anyone – my mom had her first child – let me think here. She got married in 81 – in 1984, Mm -hmm. so she was 24 – Cause she got married when she was just on the verge of 21. Am I doing that right? Yeah. 20. I'm like 21 plus three. Yeah. Um, in her twenties, yeah, but, th- but yeah. that sounds cr- in her twenties we'll say, but yeah, I, I, I just like can't even imagine any of my friends. None of my friends had kids before they were like, I think like 27, you know, 27 yeah. and up.
1: Yeah. Oh my gosh. I know. Like I, it just, I think my mom was the same. I think she had me and my brother in her mid, 20s and Mm -hmm. i just the idea of it now i'm like oh i mean i guess people do but i i don't know anyway straight people you know but (laughs) i so they (laughs) make this agreement and her and you know they're both about to turn 28 soon and then she gets the voicemail from michael and and where it it all moves a bit fast to go from like oh yeah michael michael who i haven't talked to in a long time to like oh my god you're getting married oh like it and then the next scene is her like rushing to the airport and telling George, "I have four days to break up a wedding and steal the groom." And it was like, "Oh, we we jumped from um, inventive yet confident to like crazy lady at the airport real fast." Smoking cigarettes,
0: yeah, I, I that's going in the trailer that scene. Like every shot of her smoking a cigarette, oh, yeah. like uh-huh. Kimmy, like. Pushing her in the bathroom, like, or coming out of the stall.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh. That's in the trailer as well. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, l- lest we forget that at one point this movie includes a climactic confrontation in a women's bathroom at Wrigley Field. Ugh. Catfight. Stinks. <laughs> yeah, it was like, yeah. oh, yeah, I was like, oh, my God. I love how trashy this is. We're like, oh, my God, these girls are going to fight. Like, no one wants to stop yes. them. It's like a high school bathroom.
0: It's great. But yeah, I mean, I, I mean, we we I want to talk about Rupert Everett just for like a second um, because I just feel like he was nominated for a BAFTA for this Colin. And I love that.
1: The recognition. I honestly, you know, we are here to talk about Cameron this week. But in terms of, and here's that word I learned, quintessential best supporting actor kind of role. George, yes. what a great, like the size of the role. He's in the first uh. scene. He's yes. in that first act and then you know she does her thing and then he gets a whole act two set piece like he gets I feel like if the if the genders were reversed and this was a woman's role I would be obsessed with this character already because I just yes. love how he factors in he gets you know everything and then weaves his way back out weaves back in weaves back out weaves into the the ending it's it's such a great uh Supporting actor role. Really, really great role.
0: I w- am obsessed with him. Like, I couldn't believe how effortlessly charming and funny he was. And, like, what, like, if I was to make it, I mean, I can't, I'm not going to list any others too, but, like, just like top 10 gay you know, like gay roles that are played by gay men that just mm-hmm. like work. If anyone ever needs like that, you argu- like to prove that argument or just like, you know, reinforce that argument. It's like, he is the gold standard. I, I couldn't mm-hmm. believe how handsome he was and like how he, it just felt like he was existing. Like, I, I mm-hmm. felt like there was so much Rupert in that, but also like that there wasn't, that he was like completely committed to that character and that journey. I, was obsessed. I, I I agree with what you're saying. It's like it's all about Cammy today, but I think we'll be bringing up George's name a lot here.
1: Assistant to the BSA, Rupert Everett. Absolutely. Oh yes. Absolutely. I mean, it's his voice. Yeah. Like, but there is one moment when he is at the reading. It's either no. It's it's either at the reading or when he. I think it's. Might also be when he's at the dinner party when she calls and leaves a voicemail early oh, in the movie. That
0: fabulous dinner party, and yes. he's got that
1: black like boat neck sweater on, and yes. I remember. I I feel like that, and either it was that or it was similar images and fashions and style like that in the late nineties. But that was the gay man I wanted to be in the fashionable boat neck sweater with the good haircut and the chiseled all that. I was like, there he is. There's the gay man I, I'm supposed to be, and. Um, for better or for worse, you know? And I just, ugh he was, I also love that he was he's delicious. He's delicious. Yeah, he's also ahead. not like the magical gay friend that, yes, it doesn't feel like he's there to, to fix everything or for everyone. I think all the women swooning over him, he's in on the joke of like, yeah, well, you know, that's, that's what these, these women are just in love with me. You know, he's used to it. Mm-hmm. I, Yes. I love that. I, th- I thought there was something sort of surprising. It kind of – I think there is a similarity between this role and Dan Levy in Happiest Season. Yes. In fact, they're it's, pretty much the uh, same character and the same function. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's like, I, I want to be seduced by George, like, that his husband is a, a, a lucky man. I'm just mm. like, his name is uh, George and Warner. I love his, v- George and Warner are not in, Brevity is the order of the day. Like, the way that he's, I'm like, ugh, I need him to do an audiobook of something,
1: you know, or just... I'd be surprised if he uh, hadn't, I mean...
0: He probably has. I know he's he's the voice of Prince Charming and Shrek. Mm-hmm. Um, I just feel like he is, It's he's such a gifted actor, and... I was just so glad to be reminded of that and just, you know, how many years later, like, because I can't remember the last time I saw it, like, as a, you know, a fully, I almost said fully functioning. I won't go to fully functioning gay man, but, you sure. know, as a full grown yeah. <laughs> gay man, yeah, fully I'm developed. just like, yes, oh, I, I want to be you. I want to throw those dinner parties. Um, even though they look, like, a bit stuffy, I would still be into it. You know what I mean? Like, oh, we're going over George's tonight. Like, where your best... Boat uh, neck sweater. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: I think that's boat neck. It's like that sailor cut. You know, it's like you get a little bit of clavicle on both sides, you know. Um, Yeah, we'll go with that. Yeah, I agree. I think that he is in some ways – I think that he and Cameron Diaz are really – I mean, and probably throughout the supporting cast and, you know, in in the moments are really what I like about this movie because – Nothing against Julia Roberts. I don't think this is her fault. I think she's a great actress. I I love '90s era movie star Julia Roberts. I I just love it. But um, I I don't like Julianne. I don't like Jules. And I think that Michael. I don't know if he's worth the. Worse. Ch- I think yeah. I don't think he's worth yeah. the chase. I don't think he's worth the chase. Nope. Sorry. Right. I feel like we spend more time. I don't know. Focusing on his like career that he loves, but he doesn't make any money, and he's got those all all those idiosyncrasies, and he's kind of clueless about things. And like, I'm just not sure. I'm not sure what Jules and Kimmy are fighting over. I mean, he's fine, but uh, he just seems like a bit of a like a nudge, you know?
0: Yes, I agree. I mean, really, I feel like he's just hot. He's just one of those guys. Right. That are, I mean, Dermot Mulroney in the, you know, late nineties that like scar on his lip. Like there are so many times when I saw him in this movie, like at the altar or just other, like just, uh, you know, shots of him. I'm like, you are so beautiful. Yeah. It's infuriating. I was like, it like made my stomach, like butterflies in my stomach mm-hmm. sort of moves. And I was like, okay. I mean, I get why they cast him. Like, uh, and I, a lot of it, it's like you kind of, forg- the whole like gaslighting of it all is wh- as far as like that scene where Cameron, um, you know, Kimmy's like, no, Michael, no. He's like, what does he say? He's like, I'm the asshole. I'm the insensitive sexist asshole. You're better off without me. One of those things. Uh-huh. Like, You're terrible.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you are terrible. Terrible. And it's like. Or the alternative is you can follow me around from crappy city to crappy city while I follow, like, writing on these games, whatever the hell he does, Um, you know, something sports-related, and you can drop out of school. By the way, why is she a junior in college? Why is no one bothered by that? I'm not crazy. That's too young.
0: Whoa. Yes, Colin. I did not. Yeah. What is that, like...
1: Tw- 20.
0: 1920? Yeah, woof. Yeah, her character... I think he turned 21. 2021 is like the junior year, you know? Like,
1: ugh. He, even, he tells Jules on the phone that she's 20, and she's a junior at, you know, Chicago, whatever. I think they, maybe Chicago University. I don't know. University of Chicago. Um, And, yeah, so also, he's a 28-year-old man marrying a college girl that he only met apparently fairly recently. I mean... I just, I don't know. College kids are so young. They're so young. And when I was in high school or when I was in eighth grade or when I was in 19, when I was, whatever I was in 1997, I thought college was so old. You know what I mean? Like, I thought it was like, oh, yeah, college. I mean, you're like, you're an adult then. But now that I'm a fully grown gay man and fully formed and functioning, (laughs) 20 is too young to be marrying. Anybody, especially to do anything, to do anything yes. especially if you're gonna like quit, you know, school and follow this guy around to Sacramento. a ha- you know, Pro tip, sweetheart: Sacramento isn't worth the squeeze.
0: <laughs> yes, <laughs> I, and like part of me thinks like it would made it would have made Michael more gross, but at the same time, like he could have just married into the family and quit his job. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like he would have been taken care of. I mean, I don't, I mean, granted Cameron Diaz doesn't necessarily have an income, but like, why not take the corner office? Like, I don't know. I get, I get the idea of having a passion and, um, uh, I just don't understand why she had to be in college. She could have been like a waitress at Hooters for all we know, Mm -hmm. like, or something else. Or just like, I met her at a yoga class, you know, Right, It doesn't really matter, but that makes it more gross.
1: Like, even if, like, I don't think it would have affected anything if she was 23, if she was out of school. I don't know. Maybe she was pursuing her master's, and then she dropped out. I don't know.
0: Yeah, he's just handsome, and everyone forgives him for that, because if you're a white, handsome man, you can get away with a lot.
1: Yeah, yeah, well, that's, uh, and I guess you can let other people get away with a lot, because, spoiler alert, once... Once Julia Roberts – once sorry, Julia Roberts. Once Jules reveals that not only did she try to sabotage his marriage, she also – and his wedding. So the relationship, the ceremony, and tried to ruin his career because she sent the email, and then she tells him at Union Station. um, She's basically tried to destroy his entire life, and, yeah, she's lower than scum. They agree on that. And then he says something along the lines of appreciating at least how much she loved him, that she would do all of that.
0: Yeah, in a way, I'm kind of flattered that you loved me that much. Uh, uh, (laughs) In the matter of 30, like less than 15 seconds, I mean, also, I mean, it's a big forgive. You know what I mean? If we're talking about like writing, forgive, like, the movie has to wrap up. I know that, and you got 15 minutes left in the script, and you gotta, you know, you can't. There'd be no movie like any. I, I just think of like how anyone else would react in that situation. Yeah, I, like if I was, yeah, it'd be ahead. over.
1: It'd be the friendship would be over. It'd be like get out of Chicago before I drag you out of here by your beautiful long hair.
0: Yeah, I would have got up off of that bench and just walked out. Yeah, and. um at the train station is what I'm I'm meaning. Oh, to. I, I know where I, you are. Yeah, yeah. It is. Um, Michael's gross. They're both like I. I just want like a spin off movie with Kimmy and George. Like Kimmy mm-hmm. goes to New York to visit George. <laughs> yeah, that's what I want. Yeah,
1: I mean, I loved because I was just thinking like they they don't have too many scenes together, but there is that scene where she meets him and she's just like she doesn't Ugh. know why she's so excited, and I I thought all of this was where I thought your point about like a gay man playing a gay man was perfect. Cause I was like, Ugh, anytime he kind of let the gay come out or when he was playing straight, like I just, if somebody does it well, you know, Stanley Tucci, whatever, then I'll mm-hmm. allow it. But there's nothing better. You know, there's something to be said for like a home cooked meal. You know what I mean? Is like, yes. And that's what I think of when like a gay man plays a gay character is that's a home cooked meal.
0: Oh, yeah. I, and there's something so evenly, like, it's just. A homo
1: cooked meal, sorry.
0: <laughs> I was just going to say, yeah, I was going to say it. I was like, something's there. Yeah, I know. Um, I
1: simmering. Yeah, but sorry, go on.
0: But, but I love, even when he like screams, you know, he responds, like, I love just like Kimmy running down the the aisle and like hugging both of them. And I think there's, there's, there's some relief in the fact that um she knows that Jules is like taken, yes. you know, because I feel like there is a lot of, uh, you know, she says it later in the the bathroom scene like I knew or, or just like that. She was a threat, I guess. And now that she knows that it's just like so wonderful. Oh, my gosh. What does he say when he says like chocolate covered Kimmy? Yes. Like Just the, the, the oh, my gosh. There like... you are. Sweet
1: <laughs> chocolate covered Kimmy. That's just how she described you. Um, yes. Yeah. Oh,
0: and just like the mom's. Like and, and, and who's the mother? We oh, the mother, Isabel, played um, by Susan
1: Sullivan, who I believe was the mom on Dharma and Greg. I think that's why I know who she is. Not that I was a big Dharma and it. Greg fan, but sure, um, I can't be crazy. But yeah, she was. She was on Dharma and Greg. Um, I I love the mom. If we were doing a a five to one BSAs of my best friend's wedding, I actually think she probably would have made the list for me.
0: Oh, yeah. Just that line when she takes Jules at the like the wedding shower, I guess she's like, so you're going to meet up with Michael a little bit later. But first you have to meet a lot of really old women. Uh And I was like, sign me up. I would like I love being like we were talking before about like I love being someone else's guest or, or like plus one at a wedding because there's no responsibility. All you have to do is just like wear something cute and just like have a good time and like you're never going to see most of these people again there's something really freeing about that absolutely um yeah uh but yeah i i I loved her
1: yeah she Um, she's kind of like if you can't get christine baranski get susan sullivan
0: Yes, she reminds me of like six different actresses. Totally. And, um, she's great. And, and and Philip Bosco, I love when he pops up. He's such oh, a such a goose.
1: Such a goose. He always was, wasn't he in uh Moonlight uh Moon New Moonlight Moonstruck. She was in Moonlight. He played the main character. Wasn't he in Moonstruck? <laughs> <laughs> I
0: don't know if he was. Like, like as shares I don't think Philip Bosco no. if he is in it.
1: Oh, I don't know. Who are
0: you? Th- who are you thinking of instead? Like, because he definitely didn't play Share's dad.
1: No, that was um whatever his name was, the other guy. Uh, yeah. Why am I thinking? No, maybe he wasn't. But I just feel like he- I I felt like we had talked about him recently. But uh...
0: oh, you know what? It might have been this. It might not have been this. I'm gonna double check as I say this too. But one of my favorite performances of his, and I know. I can't ever remember if you've seen it or not, but he plays the father in The Savages with Laura Linney and Philip Seymour Hoffman. And he is so good in that movie. Yeah. And he's so funny. Yeah,
1: I saw that in the... theaters and i haven't seen it since i remember it being like depressing like it's like a winter and like yeah it's just one of those like
0: in upstate new york yes it's
1: very there's this like you know i don't know there's just this like cold upstate new york quality about it that was like oh this isn't fun but he was also in i think maybe what i'm thinking of is working girl he played Orin trask
0: oh yes yeah and there's there's one other movie that i'm thinking of that's just gonna drive me crazy. That I feel like it's either him or like he's like a Hector Elizondo type, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? He's like that sort of first wives club. He is the first what wives is it? I mean,
1: I also know him from It Takes Two as Vincenzo. That's, um, <gasps> oh
0: my goodness, maybe that's is that what, what it, is? it is. Is that what
1: it is? Because I've been needing to do that movie on any podcast. Um
0: I think we need to Is that Steve Gutenberg? That is too? Steve Gutenberg. I mean I don't oh, Steve I don't know what the oh, BSA Steve.
1: lens of it takes to is that might be an after show discussion, but I mean maybe it's Kirsty Alley, even though she's a problematic Scientologist. But I mean that movie is I if that movie is on <clears throat> I will watch it. It's it yeah I cringe through the whole thing, but I am obsessed.
0: It's yeah, I think that's what I'm remembering him from. It uh-huh. is. He's like, I mean, Steve Gutenberg is delicious. Oh, delicious, delicious.
1: He, yes, he is. So, I, that's what I always think of when I think of Philip Bosco first, and I'm not proud of that, but I'm glad that I'm not alone.
0: Why do I feel? You know, when I get, I get my wires crossed with It Takes Two and The Parent Trap, because there uh huh, it's the same plot. The Parent Trap is the Lindsay Lohan. Um, there's are some good BSAs in there, too. What's her face? Uh, what is her name? Oh, that. There's <clears throat> Elaine Hendricks. Elaine Hendricks. Elaine Meredith. Mm-hmm. But there's also, let me look her name up because it's going to drive me crazy. She's the one who's like, she has that great scene when she realizes that they're twins. And she's like the sort of the nanny. The nanny. You know
1: yes, I do. Oh, what is her name? I mean, that's.
0: Lisa Ann Walter is her name. Her IMDb pick was a little deceiving, but she is classic 90s I feel like I see that outfit go it's like all over like gay Instagram you know what I mean like uh, she's great
1: oh, She's great. Let's, well now that you said that now I have to look up Lisa folks we could keep talking about my best friend's wedding but I, know, I need sorry, to see no, one, no 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 I am not being passive aggressive I literally am more interested in seeing Lisa Ann Walter's uh, 90s aesthetic um, I,
0: I will send you that scene it is so good I mean I'm, I'm glad that we're through this discussion we are finding out Oh, Lisa Ann Walter's also in WandaVision? Oh, my God.
1: This is about to become a Lisa Ann Walter Stan podcast.
0: I know. There's a picture that I'm going to send you right now as well, too, because it's like my everyday mood vibe. What are the kids saying these days? You know, yeah, it's, um, that's, that's energy. Yeah,
1: that's, uh, that's a mood. Um, also, just to, okay. just to close the loop, and then I'll look at that. the moonlight, the men in that was uh, Danny Aiello and Vincent Gardenia. Yeah. Um, I'd... Moonlight or Moonstruck? He keeps <laughs> saying. He keeps saying Moonlight. Obviously, I mean Moonlight. Obviously, I mean Oscar winner Moonlight. I know. I like, moonlight. Is I know that. No. Is no. It no. A now I don't. No. Know. It's. It's. I like literally. Uh. <laughs> I literally can't help it. Um, it's okay, but I'll never talk about it Lisa again. Lisa Ann Walter. Oh yeah, this yeah.
0: That 90s. She's great in it. That and Ina like Garten the, the shirt. Yeah. Yes, I want. That's like what I want to look like when I'm. I'm like when I'm older. I'm 35.
1: You love, um, but that's you love a woman in a denim button-down shirt.
0: I do. I do. You do. I wonder <laughs> if
1: there's more like denim, like button-down shirt queens of the button-down shirt. You know,
0: ugh, I love that.
1: That's your that's your kind of drag. Right. All right. Well, I'm glad we covered yeah, that. Is. Yeah.
0: Oh my goodness. Yeah, we were we went on a we talked about the mother and uh, and father the bride here. So, yes. Um,
1: I think it's worth mentioning again if we were to do a BSAs of and we'll talk about it takes two at some point or maybe off air. I think if I were to do a BSAs of, I would a, a shared slot. It just is worth mentioning. Rachel Griffiths and Carrie Preston as the slutty cousins. Yes,
0: yes, yes. Mandy and Isabel. Yes, um,
1: uh, Mandy and Samantha. Oh, not Mandy and Isabel. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Sorry.
1: Fantastic. I thought they were such a great little duo. I I just loved their function in the movie. I loved like if they ever did like a god forbid god help us some kind of like stage version musical of my best friend's wedding these roles would always appear together they'd have a little song together like it'd be real scene stealing kind of work
0: i think i i hate that i'm about to say this but i wouldn't mind seeing that 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 like you know they did pretty woman they did like i mean for god's sakes they did rocky you know like i'm surprised they did tootsie I'm surprised that this wasn't at the forefront. It's even like the say a little prayer for you sort of. Right. They have musical numbers in the movie. the through line. Yeah. And um, I I wouldn't mind that with the right people, you know? Well. I mean, maybe you don't know. <laughs> no,
1: no, you don't no, 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 no. I was sighing because I'm just reading a headline from July 9th, 2020 My Best Friend's Wedding Musical postpones premiere to fall 2021. (gasps) It's happening. It is happening. You're getting what you're asking for. You win. It's going to star Alexandra (gasps) Burke. I don't know who that is. But it is a book co-written by Jonathan Harvey and the film screenwriter Ronald Bass, um, who wrote a lot of really good movies. And it has a score of pop hits by Burt Bacharach and Hal David. Okay. So I imagine well, it'll have Say a Little Prayer for You, all that stuff. Like, I imagine that'll all yeah, be a part of it. Yeah, I
0: need – I'm going to need those twins to have, like, a big number. Yeah. Yeah. Because they're great. At the end when they sing at the wedding, I just thought it was so beautiful. And oh, And I feel yeah. like it's really them singing. You know what I mean? I
1: think so. I, don't I feel know. like it... it just feels yeah. like it. Yeah.
0: Um, wow. And I love Rachel Griffith. Yeah. And Carrie Preston has, like, an Emmy for, like, some sort of – you know, it's definitely – like, she's definitely that best – uh, like guest actress in a drama series energy i'm pretty sure that's what she won for like the good wife law and order yeah you know, the good wife, the is good that what wife. It is? yeah for the good wife okay, Yeah, she, yes
1: she won uh one primetime emmy f- uh, for guest actress and then she was nominated again and yeah critics yeah i guess she's really good in the good wife because she gets a lot of nominees for it, nominations for it but
0: yeah i feel that's a show we should watch. Oh, I know. But, uh, to say nothing of the good 90.
1: fight, speaking of Christine Baranski. I
0: know. Audra McDonald, Christine Baranski, um, you know, and many more.
1: I mean, that's one of those moments when you think about, like, there's a TV show with Christine Baranski and Audra McDonald just, you know, existing. I know. What are we
0: doing? What are we doing? Press press, stop. This yeah. Is over. Why we are we it? talking we about this?
1: Yeah. yeah. Um, well, I, I think, you know, when I was also watching this movie through the lens of, like, whenever Kimmy Diaz would come on, like what? What are her when when she won at moments? Like where are the the BSA moments? Yes, and I th- yes. I think the karaoke scene is speaking of singing is such a remarkable set piece, and it goes on, and she sells the shit out of it. It's so funny. I I said it last week too, but like it's so awfully.
0: Perfect and good and like she's genuinely embarrassed and like the way how nervous because like even as Cameron Diaz the person having to sing a song knowing full well she cannot sing anything in front of a group of extras like yeah she's getting you know she's she's getting paid you know but at the same time I feel like she is like just naturally nervous and whether that's intentional or if it's just like part of what she was feeling that day, it is so effective. And I, that is my moment. That is the mm-hmm. moment she wanted for me because her voice crack on like, it's like the, I'm so used to doing everything for two, whatever that is. And uh-huh. just like how her voice cracks on that. Cause it's like, she doesn't even hit the right note. It is the way she's holding the microphone, the way she looks like some waspy, like, <laughs> Um, I don't even know, like, Connecticut-bound. Yeah. I don't know. The pearls and the headband, it's so great. The
1: cardigan, yeah. It was the way that her voice just, like, trembles. Kind of like, you know, when you, I guess, like, when you're working out and you're, like, maybe, like, doing weightlifting and, like, your muscles start to shake. Yes. She, she mm-hmm. kind of had that quality, like, vocally at certain points in the chorus, like, it was, and just, like, the transformation from having an awful time to starting to laugh at it to, like, leaning into how terrible it is and just enjoying herself you know it's like I feel like Johnny and I were just talking about this with drag race I don't remember the context but it was like there's something to be said for like even if you're not doing something perfectly if you look like you're having a good time that goes a pretty long way and and even further than talent you know because if you're having a genuinely good up good time up there and it's contagious which is what happens in the scene then it doesn't really matter how well you're doing because everyone is actually just there to have a good time anyway. And I thought this scene captured it so well. And, you know, to the script's credit was a really brilliant kind of moment of showing like, well, she's actually not perfect. She's actually perfectly imperfect. Like he's in love with her imperfections. And like, Mm -hmm. you know, so Jules always being this kind of woman on a pedestal. It's like, well, he doesn't, that doesn't mean that he loves you more or wants you more than he wants the woman who's like openly vulnerably fucking up the 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 karaoke number and like laughing through it you know and i thought that was a a smart way to show kind of why he loved her
0: yeah and it it's another sort of backfiring moment for Jules too it's like i cuz she says like I think uh, Kimmy has a line earlier about like, and he likes karaoke bars. Yeah. uh And, and like how, just how like gross that is that you like Jules brought her to. She's like, I didn't know this was a karaoke bar and how much of a dick she is of just like completely just like successfully at first, like blocking Kimmy out of the conversation. And Kimmy's like, I love Florence and trying to get in there. And I just, you just, I think that's when you really start to, be on Kimmy's side if you are if you weren't already because you see that like she doesn't know what to do yeah she's trying to be respectful and like it's just a really human moment and then this karaoke scene happens which is like even more of a human the way she just like sways back and forth
1: ugh yeah I, I just love it I went that the first time she says like I love Florence that was such a like a micro moment of like oh I get what this is like that's such a great captured moment of like oh you two have more in common than i have with either of you yeah And, and knowing that jules is kind of weaponizing that in a way i think is it's i mean again with a different tone and some adjustments and maybe less car chases like or maybe more car chases this is a real psychological thriller about a woman who like comes to chicago to not only destroy a marriage but to like destroy these people's, like, livelihoods and their psyches and their families. Like, you could redo this, not just as a trailer, but fully. Like, I I would also watch that where Jules is legitimately crazy and our, like, protagonists in the movie are Kimmy and George.
0: Yes, yeah. I'm—this makes me sort of oddly excited for the stage show. Like, what will they revamp? Right, like, mm-hmm what because a lot of people I mean aren't really like dissecting it as much as we are right now but like if you really think about it there's there's some polishing to be done with that script so I'm wondering if that'll that'll be a I don't know like taken in consideration I guess
1: yeah I feel like there is you know I think first of all like let's update her age I just think let let yes, I just yes. think you know there's something about it where it's like you know haven't we learned that's weird um, you know I knowing that it is the just as we're mentioning that the script does need some work i was really surprised now the director of this movie pj hogan directed muriel's wedding which i thought was a more successful wedding related movie Uh, and one that we should do because the mother in that is
0: you haven't the mother yeah
1: because you have seen that right
0: yeah, that was the the infamous um, you know, BSA the week where I tricked you. I was like in the earlier <gasps> in that episode I said right. I still haven't seen it and then I surprised you. That's and right. The, uh, it was really good uh, deception. It was, I
1: mean, talk about good <laughs> acting. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, he so this guy, you know, Ronald Bass Space, I'm sorry, it's Bass. He has written sure. some significant movies. He wrote uh Rain Man for what it's worth. Uh, Sleeping okay. with the Enemy, also with Julia Roberts, great movie. I haven't seen it. Uh, the Joy Luck Club, Ooh. When a Man Loves a Woman, which features a gorgeous Andy Garcia. That's someone else, like an early '90s Andy Garcia.
0: Ooh, I need to look that up. That name sounds familiar, but I oh, let me look that up. Oh,
1: I'm gonna pause and like because we I don't want to move on. I'm gonna actually I'm gonna search early '90s. Make sure I can see early '90s Andy Garcia. I'm telling you, uh. That's right, Marco. You will not be disappointed.
0: <laughs> I'm looking it up now.
1: Oh, I feel like you've mentioned him
0: before. Yeah.
1: I feel like he's. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's aged well, but the early younger, holy mackerel.
0: Yeah, it's sort of like an Al Pacino type. Yep. Yep. But I. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah, yes.
1: But he is in that movie. He is. Perfect. So mm. uh, so that's a great little movie. And then just to kind of mention, Marco, why do you have to sleep like on my keyboard? Uh, he wrote Dangerous Minds. He wrote Waiting to Exhale, which I watched like an hour of. And this is probably an unpopular opinion, but, like, I don't know if that's, like, a good movie. Uh, but the soundtrack okay. is incredible. Uh, yeah,
0: I've not seen it all the way through as uh, either as well.
1: So For uh, years, yeah. all I really—the most of what I knew about it was the music video for Shoop. <laughs> you remember that? By who yeah, yes, um, yes, yes. So, and there, you know, I always knew about, like, Angel- uh, Angela Bassett setting the car on fire. Uh, yes. So uh, anyway, he also then you know he wrote my best friend's wedding. He wrote how Stella got her groove back. What dreams may come. He wrote stepmom. Whoa. Yeah, boy. and um, uh, I guess those you know then some other things that I'm not really uh, aware of. Yeah, but, sure. Yeah, sure, but sure. that's good enough, you know. Uh, so yeah, he is um not small potatoes to be potentially writing this the book for the musical.
0: Yeah, I that gives me um. You know, no one needs my seal of approval, but the, I'm excited sure. that that it's that's it's taken into uh, account. I guess that well, they should get the original guy.
1: I love that if if and when they do the musical version of this, that like there will be a whole musical number that's Kimmy fucking up karaoke, and I feel like if done right, that could be like a you know standing ovation moment in the show. You know what I mean? Like. I don't know if that's been yeah. done before or how often that's been done where a musical has a number that features really bad singing on purpose. Is that a thing? I'm sure
0: it is. And I'm sure like the true musical theater gurus are like, oh, this number mm-hmm. or from this, you know, this. But I, I can't think of any off the top of my head. But here's something even more interesting is like, will they, will it be sort of a, like, You know who I I first pictured being cast in that role is Anna Lee Ashford. Uh I don't know if you know her. I do. Um, But she's, yeah. And she won a Tony for like on on the 20th century or something. I Mm -hmm. can't remember what it was. Um, uh, And I, I feel like, but wouldn't it be such a waste to have like someone cast like that and all their job? all they have to do is sing poorly. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or is it going to be one of those sister act moments where, you know, they push the diaphragm and all of a sudden she's, you know, singing. Right. Amazing. Like, like singing really well. Is it one of those? I don't know.
1: Um, right. Like, does it start poorly? And then all of a sudden it becomes like she, she finds her voice in the crowd and then it becomes like a group number. Who knows? Um, yeah. 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 Uh, but anyway, but I I'm mean, for that. that'll be cool. Yeah. Honestly, you know, I, I'm going to take it back. I, I could see this. I think if they improve the script, I just think, you know, at the end of the day, what they need to resolve or what I need to know is am I supposed to think that Jules is a terrible person? Because if I am, then fine. Okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll go along with this nuanced story with an antihero. But if I'm supposed to kind of validate her by the end, then, like, you know, that's where I think there needs to be some updating. Like, I, I think it's it's the validating of some of this behavior, you know.
0: Yeah, she should have. It's in a way, George does a little bit of this. Like, he, I do love the sort of ration rationale that he brings to that. Like, who's chasing you right now? Uh huh. Uh huh. Or do what you're supposed to do. Tell him the truth. Come home. Like there. Like he's not her accomplice, but he kind of is at the beginning. You know what I mean? Until mm-hmm. he's sort of dragged into it. Um. I love when he falls over with that mannequin. It makes me laugh every time, too. Like, just... Ugh, he's just so perfect. He's so
1: good. And it's true. I also think he is very much a voice of reason. I mean, he... Like, just, like, not going along with her plan. I think that's why I like him, is because he he's the one who's like, no, this is fucked up. It's been fucked up from the start. Like, you shouldn't do this. But, you know, he's a good friend. And, and again, and not the magical gay best friend. Like, I think... I, I used to cringe at the, you know, say a little prayer, sing along at the restaurant.
0: Yeah, I'm so interested. I know we haven't got there yet, but yes, go on.
1: Yeah, but. no, no, no. I, I used to always kind of cringe at that. And watching it again, I think what I love about it, and I love the context of it's 1997, it's being played by a gay man, is that he is in absolute control of all of these dumb straight people. He has them hanging off of his little pinky finger and, you know, inventing hmm. this whole story and, and, you know, fooling them into thinking that he's, you know, her, her fiance and, and having fun with it. I mean, I, another line from the trailer that obviously always stuck with me was when he says to Isabel, when she says, Oh, you should come down and have lunch with us. she's like, I'd love to love the hat, love the shoes, love everything. Love to. And I just, yes, I'm, I'm just like, again, I, I'm so happy to see a gay man pulling the rainbow colored wool over these people's eyes you know and and in 1997 and at the end he is always the character we align with most you know he is always the most reasonable he's even more than jewels and i don't know i and even when he does unreasonable things you know it's coming from like a, a place of love and wanting to help her and i just i don't know i think that's besides cameron diaz i think that's the one of the biggest takeaways of this movie is not a julia roberts 90s romantic comedy but like a really great gay character in 90s cinema
0: yes i i i want to do like that's my second ted talk is just how important of a character he is Mm -hmm. in like gay cinema and like in i think you you said so many wonderful things i i think that there's something to be said for the fact that he doesn't necessarily want to play along Mm -hmm. but he does so in a way that's like you said in his like he when they're walking on the street and he says like or she says something like you're gonna you're gonna make me pay for this or like embarrass me he's like oh yes Mm -hmm. but he still gets the job done and it's completely wacky, but like just wacky enough. It's wacky is not even the right word, I guess, like flamboyant or just like, you know, showing enough of that rainbow, but also pulling it back. enough yeah. for people to believe that he's straight at the same time and just. ah, uh, What a role. What a role.
1: What a role. I mean, I think of that scene in the, in the taxi when they're talking to Michael and he's like, I just always got the impression that you were. Gay? He's like, well, yeah. And he's like, well, you know, sometimes he pretends to be gay. And like at one point, they're all kind of laughing about it. And George kind of like impersonates kind of doing a limp wrist moment. And it's such a mm-hmm. tiny micro moment. And I don't know if it was directed or if it was Rupert Everett, but it was. I, I wonder if it was a straight actor would have been like, ah, 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 don't do that. You're not allowed to do that. Only we can make fun of that. You know what I mean? Yeah. But the fact that it's a gay man making fun of him, like, yes, we, we're allowed to make fun of that.
0: I feel like I wonder, speaking of moments that maybe weren't scripted, I called it like the kiss off when he first meets Kimmy and Isabel and, and in the church. Uh-huh. And I get, are they, are they both kissing Jules? Like if she kisses her and then he kisses her, who's kissing who? So I can't remember. Kimmy kisses,
1: uh, George and then she kisses Jules, And then I think she kisses George again. And I think then George kisses Jules, And it's like one of those oh, yeah. things. <laughs> it's and so silly. It's so silly. It's so good. Um, and and he is, I think, in some ways, such a relief when he shows up. Because it's like, oh, thank yes, God. Yes. Like, thank God you're here. George is a fixer. Yeah. A
0: fixer in a way of, like, I don't know. Because a lot of gay men, um, you know, e- at least like the way that they're written in TV or film, like maybe back then, was like, the gay is here. I'm going to fix everything because you're a mess and I'm going to clean it up. You know, it's but it's, it's done so in a way of, uh, I don't know. It's just classy yeah <laughs> I was like I was to describe it well you know um, again I
1: think about Dan Levy in Happiest Season and how like yes. oh, it's literally the same thing in that he is the, the, the you know the confidant over the phone and trying to talk her through this and then eventually he shows up and surprises her mm-hmm. and then pretends yes, to be yes. her boyfriend and you know gets to kind of flirt with the mom and and act straight with people and and Um, But then also gets to be the voice of reason and gets to kind of say the sensible things and isn't the one to ultimately fix everything with a wave of his magic wand, but to just kind of be, you know, a good friend whose life doesn't revolve around this woman. I think that's the other important thing is it doesn't feel like George's life revolves around Jules. He's her editor uh, and he has dinner parties without her. He goes to book readings without her. Like, she has a husband or a partner yeah, so she, yeah yeah and so it's not like stanford blatch in sex in the city where it's like oh yeah yeah you know it's it's and again for 1997 to have such a and an, uh, i don't know just a nuanced gay character where the punchline isn't that he's gay unless he's making the joke mm-hmm. it's really really i mean that is the credit to this movie and obviously cameron Diaz is brilliant, best-supporting-actress performance.
0: Yeah, it's hard to not keep going on about George, too, but I, I knew we would talk a lot about George. I, I There's a version of this movie, too, I, I'm sure you probably read, I think it was on IMDb or something, where... Um, Are you ready for this? And I'm sure that you read it, that Julia Roberts was supposed to meet someone at the wedding after Michael and Kimmy leave. And it was supposed to be played by John Corbett. Yeah, I mean. And yeah, I mean, and how perfect would that would have been? What a great casting that is. but I guess they they tested it and people wanted to see more George and it is the perfect ending.
1: I know I'm jumping ahead. No, no, like no, Just
0: with George moments too, yeah. I don't
1: think you're jumping ahead. I think, yeah, I, th- I think that that is worth mentioning is that like the movie also doesn't end with Jules finding, you know, a new lover. Uh, and while I would have been happy to see John Corbett, especially like a late 90s John Corbett, that sounds great. I think mm-hmm. there is a little bit of a quality of like, well, you're an old spinster at 28, so you should just have sort of a common law marriage with your gay friend. But I, yes. I mean, I also like the, the idea of like, Or it's not about finding anybody. And why don't you just live your life and not worry about... Like, I I like a a romantic comedy that doesn't end with the main character finding love, you know, or at least romantic love. She's found friendship. She's maybe finding some self-love, you know, which I think she needs. But, um, or maybe less self-love. I don't know. She needs therapy. I know that much. But... Yeah, I think that um,
0: in ways, like, George is the best friend you yes. know what I mean like the movie's not about him but like he is showing best friend qualities you know and like he just you know he happens to be gay in this movie but like the I I think back to even Michael and Jules in the dressing room when he walks in and he's like you look really great like you know I've mm-hmm. seen more than you know that classic line I'm like right. well I've definitely seen more of you or you know blah 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 but I'm just like this is a little gross here like it just makes him more, I don't know, gross is the word I keep going back to. But like, yeah, George, It like the way that he strolls, I mean, that whole bit of him on the phone and like, I didn't tell you my dress was lavender. And mm-hmm. th- I mean, again, he's almost like seducing her in the way, like the way that he's like, what does he say? Like radiant with uh, charisma, like the way he rolls his
1: mm-hmm.
0: R and like. Go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say in. it
1: also feels like a scene out of Scream, where it's like, "Where are you? Why are you watching me? How do you know what I'm wearing?" Like there is also that moment. That's in the trailer. Yeah, yes. like yeah. Do you like scary movies, Jules? I uh, I I thought all of that. Yes, I think you make a good point. I think at the end there also is like the reminder of like this movie is about best friends and yeah, and that friendships can you know evolve and and I think to me like at the end it was like. Michael's life has evolved out of the narrative that runs parallel to Jules, that even if they're not in touch, there is, oh, when our paths cross, like, we can pick up where we left off, and now it's like, well, no, we can't, because I have a new life now, and, and um, you know, I can't be... I think in some ways I'm kind of like, oh, Michael, like, as awful as you are, just get away from her, you know? But yeah, there is something of, like, And I love that. I think it's so rare to have a movie end with like, oh, I do have a best friend, you know? And I think that's, I don't know. I'd love to see more of that where movies end on like that kind of uh, relationship connection.
0: Yeah, it really is perfect. It is so perfect because you feel like she's taken care of and she's been taken care of the whole time. Georgia's been like cleaning up her mess and like watching her and like traveling there like twice Mm -hmm. to make sure that she's okay. And he hates flying, Colin, but, but he did
1: it anyway. And did it anyway. I mean, and and I also feel like he, I think Michael is just dumb enough that Jules can get away with being, like, with the shit that she does, but George is smarter than her, so he's her editor, and I feel like that's symbolic, you know? Yeah. Oh, I do love that. Yeah, I
0: never thought of it that way. Yes. <laughs> yeah.
1: So it, it's very much, uh, that is an interesting relationship, and and there is even a part of me that thinks, like, oh, I would love to see, yeah, 10 years from now, who are Michael and Kimmy then? Are they even still together? And how have George and Jules evolved, you know?
0: Yeah. Um, I want to I wanna go back to Kimmy for a second here, too. Just, like, in the – I guess, like, the third act of the movie, just, you know, after shit goes down and, like, the wedding's kind of potentially off and just, like, her – looking at the flowers and like crying, she's like, those are really beautiful flowers. Mm -hmm. But like, it's still authentic in a way. Like it could be so hammy and like, you really feel like she's experiencing it. And I do, it's like where you start to see Jules, like realize that she's lost, Mm -hmm. you know, lost the game, I guess is when she tells Kimmy that like, he says, marry me. And I love the moment when Kimmy, like, tackles <laughs>
1: Jules and they oh, fall, and they the fall floor. over. Oh, they
0: fall over. Oh, it is so satisfying.
1: You could do a super cut of people falling over in this movie. I mean, like, George in the mannequin, <laughs> Jules in the office chair, Kimmy jumping on Jules. Jules falling, falling off. off the bed. Jules falling yes. off the bed. Yeah. The 90s love to just, like, throw Julia Roberts on the floor. Yes. One, uh, sort of a one-scene queen that I do want to mention as well is Paul Giamatti. As a meaningful bellhop.
0: Oh I, who, my gosh, I'm so glad you brought it up. It was in my notes, but yes.
1: Yeah. Yes. I um it was such a weird scene, and I kept wondering where it was gonna go, and I was worried that it was gonna end with some sort of like all of a sudden it turns out he's a slime ball, or like, ugh, oh, get out of here. Or like there'd be just some kind of undermining. But instead, she just has this meaningful, like, two or three minute scene with a, an early career Paul Giamatti as a as a understanding bellhop. I mean if again if that was a woman, I would have already done an in the details scene about this,
0: you know? Yes, that oh yes, that is so spot on mm-hmm. for that. Yeah. Uh but it's so perfect cuz I'm like why does this if I to ask myself and you obviously too like why does this scene exist but it's really the only other person person besides George, I guess, at that moment that she can talk to about, like... And it's a realization of how awful she has been.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's such a... And it's, like... It goes on long enough where it's, like, is this... Like, what's going on here? And, like, why is... It almost makes you wonder why this character, who we've never seen before, is getting such a meaningful moment with her versus it being... I don't even know who it would be, because I guess everyone else would be, like, in Kimmy's life, but, like it just you'd almost think there'd be you know even michael's little brother scotty would be someone she'd have a meaningful moment with you know what i mean where it like kind of comes out of nowhere but it was surprising that it was like oh it's it's paul giamatti okay hi i'm just looking at his imdb of like where this fell in his filmography because it's it's a i mean if i was like an up-and-coming actor what a great what a great role i mean Okay, oh absolutely. yeah,
0: to just have this lovely scene with Julia Roberts, like just like the smoking cigarettes too. There's, it's it's so interesting to see Julia Roberts smoke. I guess I, I'm sure there are obviously other movies where she does, but um, in a hotel. I
1: know. I mean, ugh, smoking anywhere now. But he he was. It looks yeah. like he was starting to. He was in Private Parts. He was in deconstructing Harry. Yeah, yeah right. You know. He, then he was in the Truman Show. He was a control room director. I'm sure there was you know you could do a super cut of like a sh- of, of movies with like the control room like people like freaking yes. out cut to camera too just cut to camera too yeah. yeah uh-huh like talk show moments things like that um
0: oh god that that's like just as stressful as like uh kitchens, yes you know control
1: rooms yes. and kitchens and Oof. you know av booths yeah 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 was there any? I feel like I might be forgetting a moment, but was there anything else that we've missed that that you had in your notes to talk about?
0: I mean, really, it's it's the you know, the vindication, I guess, of you know the of the, the scorned Kimmy and the stall too, and and we are we touched upon it a little bit too, but like I, where would I have liked to have seen this, like where could have this taken place? I guess, but it, it, it's kind of fun and like very late 90s that all the women are there and like there are a lot of great extras in this crowd Yeah, just like the people that they chose are uh excellence but like it's so great to see her kick some ass because this is how michael should have responded you know what i mean but like i don't know why he didn't
1: yeah i, I don't know i, I was surprised because usually in movies like with Michael there would be like, they'd have a fight and then he'd storm off and then maybe they would connect later and be like, well, I guess I should be flattered. But he like switches to that right away. And then, and then she goes to the Wrigley field and she finds Kimmy in the bathroom. And I don't remember how that happened, but I, at that point I was like, whatever. Yeah. That's yeah. yeah. It's like, I'll forgive that too. But uh, then she basically, cause I feel like that scene it also by the end of that scene, they're friends again, where she's like, no, you win. You can have him." like it. I don't. I, I found both of them forgave Jules so quickly that I thought, "Oh, are we missing the lens that Jules is like a massive narcissist sociopath and yeah. like has and and that this is just her continuing to fuck with them and it's being played out in a movie like resolution, but really it's just more manipulation? Because if that's the case, that's kind of brilliant."
0: Yeah, I mean. I guess if I'm looking at it through, like, the lens of Kimmy, like, her objective is to end up with Michael. And really, none of the other stuff, like, even when Jules was playing, like, the messenger between it, like, she was just glad that it was still on. And she was just, and, like, I think she just needs to know that Michael is going to be at the altar. I, I buy her forgiving Kimmy surprisingly more than Michael forgiving Kimmy. Forgiving I don't know. Jules. I just feel like it's in Kim. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, Jules. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Kimmy forgiving Jules. I, I just feel like there's Kimmy's a good person. And I think like, I don't know, from everything that we've that we've been shown, uh, you know, in, in regard to, like, Kimmy and her character. Like, yeah, it's still crazy at the end of the day, mm-hmm. too. But, um, yeah, you just go with it.
1: <laughs> you just go I mean, there's so many nutty moments in this movie. There's a lot of 90s internet when she's sending the email to the editor. And I oh was my like, gosh, yes. I don't think you can just, like, send an email pretending to be anybody. And I don't think you just put their name and their title in instead of their email address. Yeah, that was
0: really weird, yes. And,
1: and it was like, so she wrote the email, and then she saved it for later, and she closed the laptop, and then she left. And then the next scene – well, then there's a scene of him telling a secretary to send off the emails and the drafts. But then the next scene uh-huh. is of her like, I got to get into that office. I got to get on the internet. It's like, what's going we've, – we've skipped a scene. We've skipped something. Like, why is this happening? There's, there's a couple of those moments where something got missed.
0: Yeah, I think maybe she just didn't even want it on his computer. I'm imagining like she just wanted to go in and delete it and just like have it be done because she realized how crazy it was. That's that was my, but I agree there is something missing. What did yeah. you think it well, was? Well,
1: I, I think basically? that I mean I think it was it was that, but like I don't know. There was just kind of like why wouldn't you have just deleted it earlier? Why? Are, what is the sudden realization and then the story that she gives michael of like i just have to send this thing out and i need to use your father's corner office to do it oh yeah yep like, i yes. was like michael michael you're so dumb you're so dumb if you're buying any of this
0: yeah it really is truly crazy <laughs> I, I i will say um speaking of julia like I think her best moments in this movie is definitely like, unfortunately, it's when she's telling Michael that she loves him. It's mm. it's very, it's like, it's the choose me, love me, Meredith Grey monologue before that existed. Yes, you know, it's absolutely. It's just like another iteration of that. Um, and I think the, her second best moment is the, the maid of honor speech. I just think it's so, it's like, even though she is awful, it's, you still... I'm not going to say she's forgiven like as a viewer, but like you do feel that she is genuinely sorry for what she did. And there's so much in that moment that only the three of them kind of know. Um, But I, I did, I did think that those were two moments that stuck out to me. I thought, yeah,
1: I, I, I agree. And I, I think just to use that sociopathic lens, I also was like, how sick is that? She's like, oh, you guys don't have a song here you could have my song with michael you can use that you can always... oh yeah and it's supposed to be romantic but it's like oh here just use the song that we've had for nine years until you find one so you'll always have to remember it's actually mine Ooh, yes she is a monster <laughs> and I just think if, it, if that is where to lean in in this musical, is how much of a monster she is. And it should be one of those musicals that doesn't even end in a number. It just ends in like her staring out in, into the audience in silence and then like blackout, you know, like smoking a, a cigarette. Yes. Smoking a cigarette. And maybe realizing, either realizing everything that all the damage she's done or realizing that she got away with it.
0: Yeah. Oof that would be awesome
1: yeah so i just that's the that's the full fantasy is that my best friend's wedding becomes the thriller that it is meant to be amen yeah Amen. well uh any other any other thoughts uh you know uh speak forever now forevermore speak your peace that whole thing that happens at weddings yeah (laughs) speak now or forever hold your peace there There it it is
0: there it is um, no, I feel good. I feel that Ca- I mean, Cameron and and uh, and Rupert Everett really are the true stars of this show, this movie rather. But I I just I'm so excited we did this, and I I just love Cameron so much, and it really kind of reignited like a fiery passion as far as like Rupert Everett in like their late nineties. He's just delicious. Yeah,
1: I know. I mean, maybe our next movie should maybe we need to finally do gangs of new york you know she got nominated she got Golden <laughs> globe for that gold Globe oh nomination oh my
0: gosh i know yeah i could picture her in like the poster yeah i, I mean to say dress oh
1: that dress where it's just like you're not playing a character you're cameron diaz in that dress uh, yeah as for rupert everett i'll take it i'll take it that's fine as for rupert everett i don't i don't know if he'll come up in our in our discussions again. I, I don't know what else he's in. He I mean he was in Shakespeare in Love, so uh we've technically navigated oh, him yeah. previously. Yeah. Um that's Oh
0: right. Well I'm I'm excited that oh what?
1: Oh what no, I it? I just realized that he in nineteen ninety six he was in Dunstan checks in and we haven't done that yet.
0: Whoa. <laughs> just a suggestion. <laughs> Kirsten Dunstan checks Kirsten in. Like, Dunstan
1: <laughs> checks in. I think Faye Dunaway is in that actually. It's, oh, my God! Is it? Okay. The 90s are so weird. The 90s, you know, even Faye had a, had a mortgage. Faye Dunaway. Oh, Jason Alexander. Oh, I think Jason yes. Alexander with a fabulous hairpiece. Faye of Dunaway. The, the uh, kid
0: from the Santa Claus. Is that who it is? Eric Lloyd.
1: Is that who that is? Boycott. Yeah, maybe. Uh, boycott.
0: Uh, I meant to say bowl cut. Boycott. <laughs> um, boycott.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, you know, we're never going to do this movie, but if we do... We'll talk about Faye Dunaway in it and Rupert Everett. Yes. Well, now that we're talking about Dunson checks in, I think the orchestra has gotten its cue, so we are definitely getting played off. Of course, of course. Well, uh, before we check out, uh, where can folks find more <laughs> of you? <laughs>
0: That was good. Thank that was you. solid. Thank you. Um, they can find me every week on my other podcast, The Good Vanilla, which is a Barefoot Contessa podcast that comes out every Thursday. And uh, they can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Nick Kochanov. How about you?
1: Well, you can find me on my other two podcasts. In the details, A Celebration of Nuance or All Right Mary. Uh, I think we're currently, yes, we're currently still doing All Stars 6. And uh, and if you're a Matreon, we're doing all these brackets, which has been kind of fun. And um, I bet mean, we could do some brackets on Best Supporting After Show. We could do some some Best Supporting Actress brackets. Um, you know,
0: whoa, that would be tough. I
1: think that'd be really tough, but I that think would it'd be, be fun. Really yeah, we could we could use br- a bracket of like BSAs we've talked about in the past. Like who wow, our favorite I, I'm BSA is. Like been. dreading
0: some of those matches. Yeah. Yep, yeah. Yep. Yes. Uh,
1: yeah. Well, anyway, all that being said, you can find me on Twitter at Colin Drucker, Instagram at Colin Drucker underscore. And of course, you can get more of both of us in a best supporting capacity on Twitter at BSA Pod.
0: Or you can send us an email at the BSA Pod at gmail.com.
1: Well,. You know what to do, you're supposed to keep those peepers peeled, because on Friday, our Best Supporting After Show will be coming out, and we will not be doing a bracket quite yet, but we have a couple of other fun things to talk about, and the only way to find out what they are is to actually listen to the episode, so I don't want to spoil anything. I can't wait, looking forward to that. Well, good. And that, (laughs) as they say, (laughs) is that. (laughs)